Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Colts Coffee and Conversation. My name is Carl. And I'm Holly. And we'd like to welcome you to another wonderful, exciting, and this today, this today, this today. <laughs> I already screwed up already. That's fine. Leave it. Leave it. Don't touch the edit button. Today is the funny day. Okay. Of Colts Coffee and Conversation. As we all know, we're covering the WBC, the Westboro Baptist Church. That's right. In Topeka, Kansas. In Topeka, Kansas. You know you hate them, but you got to love them because they are characters. Very interesting characters, may I add. And we're going to kind of dig deep into the hypocrisy. Oh, yeah. A ton of it. But I cannot like them. No, you can't. Well, you, you said you love them. You got to love them. I can't love them. No, you love them because they're so stupid. And we're coming from my mindset. They're so dumb that it's just like, well, we'll just get into it because you're going to see where I'm going to have a lot of fun with these guys today. Okay, Carl. So how can people get in touch with us? How dare you jump in front of me? (laughs) It's a fun day. Because you want to just move along. Just move along. I know you're ready to get finished with these people. So, yes. uh, So anyway, guys. uh, Continue to support with us. We do appreciate the support. Uh, we, of course, we do have our Facebook fan page at Colt Coffee Conversation. And then, of course, we do have our Instagram at Colt's Coffee Convo. And then we have the Twitter machine at Colt's Coffee Con 1. That is Colt's Coffee Con and the number 1. And, of course, we have our wonderful old faithful email address at Colt's Coffee Convo at gmail.com. But wait, there is more. Holly, take it away. You can use your voice memo on your smartphone, record your message, and send it off to Colt's Coffee Convo at gmail.com. All righty. Okay, you ready for the fun to begin? No, not yet. Oh, not yet? That's right. Before we get into our conversation about our cult, we must talk about our coffee. Holly, what are you drinking? Well, today I have a hot caramel macchiato upside down. Ooh, sounds glorious. And I had a venti vanilla vanilla cappuccino. Mm. It was delicious. I needed it. I need Starbucks on a daily basis, and I'm only getting it on a weekly basis, and it's brutal. Okay. Anyway, okay, are we ready to do this? I am ready. Okay, here comes part of the fun. Okay. All right, now, uh, some of you people may know this, some of you may not, but you know what? They have their own nice little rendition of their own type of music. Ooh. Yeah, they're music videos, kind of like their old MTV. Oh, my gosh, it is Horrible. It is horrible. <laughs> it is bad. But you can see the humor in it because, I'm sorry, these people make me laugh. But, you know, uh, they have tons of videos on their website. Um, some are too vile to listen to, but here are some of the titles. Are you ready for this? Okay. First song called Eternal Pain. Can anyone guess what that song's based off of? Purple Rain by Prince? Yeah, that's right. All right, let's give it a little listen. Eternal pain, sovereign. Eternal pain, sovereign. Ooh, eternal pain, sovereign. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's, that, that That made me laugh. That made me laugh. All righty, okay. The next one is Read It. What do you think that song's from? Beat It by Michael Jackson. Ooh, you are two for two. Okay, let's listen to that one real quick. 
Kids screaming in a microphone. That was terrible. Yeah, there wasn't much production value on that one. No, they weren't trying on that one. Mm-mm. Okay, so now we have God Hates the World. Where do you think that came from, Holly? Well, it's We Are the World, another Michael Jackson song. And Do you know that one, What the original we one? We are Mark? the world. We are the children. But actually, you know what? That's more than we just Michael Jackson. We are the J- one that makes a brighter day. So let's start giving. That's Bruce Springsteen. That was a very star-studded cast. Yes, it was. That originally was, in the 80s, mid-80s. Yes, I believe I so. He so. yeah, was very young then. I think it was to raise food for Ethiopia. Oh, it was some kind of fundraising, yes. Yeah. Anyway, let's listen to their version of it. God hates the world. And all her people, you everyone face a fiery day for your proud city. Wow. That's all I can say on that. That was terrible. God hates the world. God hates the people. Yeah. Yeah. Can't even rhyme. All right. Okay. Now we have one called Hell O. Oh, is that the one by... Adele, hello? Yes. All righty. I'm curious. Let's listen to this one. Hello. You can hear me. Here in agony, I'm screaming while you sit there restfully. When I was living and free, I despised your words of warning while the world was at my feet. Now there's a gulf fixed between us of a million miles. Hello from the other side. I heard you plead a thousand times to tell me to be sorry for every sin I Great production. Nice echo effects. I'll give her that. She had me in the first thick chorus, and then she hit the hook, uh, and she lost me. <laughs> but it sounds like she really liked that one. Yeah, she put she put some 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 gumption behind it. Yes, so, she did. so I'll give it. I'll give her that. She tried. She did. She tried her hardest. Okay. And of course, there's one called Yesterday. Holly, do you know where? That's by the Beatles. Yesterday. Yes. Okay. We're we not going to play. No, we're that not going to play that one. Okay. And here's another one. Now, this one is from the song, and we're going to do revol- role reversal here on this, uh, Holly. It's "Hey Jude" by the Beatles. What do you think they called it? Hey Jews. Beautiful. Oh my gosh, we're not playing that either. No, we're not. No, 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 no. And then, of course, my favorite one: "God Hates Ireland." We don't know where that came from. Oh, well, yeah, it's sung to a traditional revolutionary tune. I couldn't find the title of it. But uh, the reason God hates Ireland is because they're Catholic. Of course. And guess what? You're wrong, WC, WBC. God loves Ireland. 
Ha! That's why it's so pretty. All right. Okay. Enough of that little fun. Let's get on to some more stuff here. Okay. So we have a bunch of people who shockingly have left this church. Are you surprised? No, I am not surprised. Okay, all right. But they do pay a high price for the. Yes, they do. We're going to go down and discuss a few of them. First of all, we're going to kick off as Nathan Phelps. Of course, that is one of his sons. Now, Nathan was born in Topeka, Kansas on November 22nd, 1958. From birth until age 18, he lived with his parents, Fred and Margie, in his hometown. Now, although he attended a public school, beyond that, his life revolved around his father's Westboro Baptist Church, which adjoined their family home inside a walled compound. Sounds like a fun way to grow up. Now, attendance at attendance uh, at scheduled sermons was strictly enforced, and after school, time was largely committed to raising money for the church through selling candy. Done that before. Later, this was eclipsed by participation in his father's intensive exercise program, which routinely involved Phelps and his siblings running 5 to 10 miles after school, accompanied by participating in a fad diet. Note, Mm. there are no parents doing this, but just a thought. Nathan describes his father as deeply prejudiced, violent, and abusive, and gives account of receiving extended beatings with a leather strap and later with a matic handle. Now, his brother Mark and sister Dorotha have collaborated his claims of physical abuse by their father. Now, on his 18th birthday, he left his family home. Still an internal conflict, he abandoned his family and the WBC despite his then deeply held belief that this meant he was immediately going to hell. According to Tulip, uh, it is predetermined on who goes to hell and who goes to heaven. So does it really matter? Mm, Not really. In great fear of having his escape interrupted by his abusive father, Nathan made a clandestine nighttime getaway in an old car that he bought specifically for this purpose. With little plan or preparation beyond this, he slept the first night in a men's room of a nearby gas station. Now, he left the WBC prior to the start of the church's high-profiling picketing activities and has attributed to onset of church picketing to his father's exclusion from the legal profession. Now, Nathan has been criticized by members of his family still active in the WBC. His sister, Shirley Phelps Roper, prominent spokesperson for the church, said Nathan Phelps is a rebel against God. He has nothing to look forward to except sorrow, misery, death, and hell, and stated that he left when he was a raging and disobedient rebel with selective memory. His only encounter with his father since 1980 was on a radio talk program, which Fred Phelps was highly critical of his son. Now, after leaving the WBC, Nathan undertook various jobs before reuniting with his older brother, Mark, and in 1978, they established a printing company together near Kansas City. Now, the company later relocated to Southern California. Hey, it always comes to Southern California. Phelps worked for 25 years in the printing business. Now, three years after leaving, Nathan contacted his family and for a brief period left Mark and the firm to stay with them. Now, his father had offered to fund him through law school, a path which 11 of his siblings into careers as lawyers, but in which Nathan had declined. Now, Fred Phelps never accepted him back. Eventually denouncing him, Nathan left again. 
this time for good, permanently breaking contact with his father. Now, in 2014, he made a widely reported announcement that his father was terminally ill and also that Pastor Phelps has been excommunicated from his own church during 2013. Now, Phelps' father passed away of natural causes shortly after midnight on March 19, 2014, and we will get into that later on. Okay. okay. All right, Holly, who else is left here that is of note? Okay, we have Megan and Grace Phelps Roper. They left in 2012. Megan had been one of the main activists in the church and was in charge of its social networking sites. On Twitter, she began engaging with David Abidpol, a Jewish web developer. Through their communication about theological issues, Megan began questioning WBC's teachings. Eventually, Megan and Grace left the church and later wrote a statement apologizing for the pain they'd inflicted as part of WBC. Megan was born and raised in the heart of the Westboro Baptist Church. Her grandfather was the church's founder, and her mother was its most influential member. Because of this, Megan was taught the beliefs of the Westboro Baptist Church from a young age and even began protesting for the church around four years old. Beautiful. This was life as I'd always known it, Megan said. Before I could read, I was learning why God despised gays, Jews, and everyone who wasn't part of our church. Before I started kindergarten, I was standing on public sidewalks holding signs with messages like, Gays are worthy of death. She continued to spread the teachings of the Westboro Baptist Church, eventually becoming the spokesperson for the church's social media accounts. Twitter was a new way for her to interact with communities the church targeted. She said it was the perfect way to get the message of the Westboro Baptist Church to a broader audience. Megan said, like a gift from God Almighty himself, along came Twitter. Twitter seemed perfect, a tool that was easy to use and so effective at getting attention. It required so little effort to find and attack Westboro's targets. While Twitter allowed her to attack the Westboro Baptist targets, she was shocked at the reception from the people she targeted. She said the kindness and reason of some people showed her led her to reevaluate her position against the very people she was attacking. Her conversations with the community she was taught to hate led her to question the morality of the members of the Westboro Baptist Church and their overall belief system. When she brought her questions to the church leader, she was shut down. This, the undeniable understanding that we were human, invaluable, and not divine, Megan said, this was the beginning of the end for me. Through social media, she was able to see the humanity in others and empathize with that. Eventually, social media allowed her to leave the Westboro Baptist Church after coming to the realization she no longer agreed with the church's teachings. Okay, now on a side note, she also has an interview with Joe Rogan, uh, which I think is number 940 on his numerization of podcasts. She gets in a little more detail about all that kind of stuff with her Twitter interaction. Just cheap plug, just throwing it out there if in case you're really curious. Okay, now there's also Libby Phelps Alvarez. Now she left the church in 2009. Now former member Libby Phelps Alvarez... Uh, she, 29, uh, recently spoke about her departure from the church, finding peace in her new life, which did not restrict her from having a haircut. 
Wow. Traveling and being confined to the U.S. borders. Now, she decided to leave the church uh, because members confronted her about a bikini she had worn during a family vacation that she decided to follow her brother's lead, who left two years earlier. Now, she's estranged from her family. Libby now lives in Lawrence, not far from the University of Kansas campus, with her newly wed husband, Logan. Okay, well, now we are going to talk about Lauren Drain. Mm. She's Steve Drain's daughter, and he is a very prominent figure in this group. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later on. So Lauren was forced to leave WBC in 2007 when she began questioning the group's tactics, and her father discovered that she had sent an email to someone outside of the group. After several months of trying to get her to change, he confronted Lauren, a registered nurse, when, at, when she came home from work one day. She didn't want to live this kind of life, and they did. He said he wasn't trying to be cruel about it. At first, Lauren didn't realize that she was being kicked out of the house. Lucy, her mother, cried because she knew that hell awaited Lauren. Once again, during Tulip, uh, you... You are predetermined that you are going to hell, so what's the point? Go ahead. Sorry. Steve gave his daughter money and a Toyota Camry. Several days later, Steve says Lauren sent him an email saying good words. But he says he wasn't fooled. Anyone who has been around the church for a long time could mimic the words. So interviewed by Louis Thoreau for a 2011 BBC documentary on Phelps called America's Most Hated Family in Crisis, Lauren said her father was caught up in this crazy church. She said she'd like to see her family again, but knows it may never happen. Some people lose their parents to cancer or car accidents or other things, Lauren said. I've lost my parents to a cult. Okay, well, another thing is not all departures are permanent, though. Uh, Catherine Phelps, one of Fred Phelps's children, returned to the WC WBC after many years of estrangement from the group. All righty. Okay, so now we have an interview that was done uh, by Ed Setzer in 2014. These are a couple of excerpts from it. I will play the Mark. Uh, play the Mark. Yeah, I will play Mark Phelps. And, of course, Holly is going to be the questioner, the interviewee of Ed Seltzer. You ready, Holly? I am ready. Okay, so this is, starts off with Mark Phelps. Now, in saying that the Lord saved me during a sermon at the Bible Conference in Ashland, Kentucky in 1965 when I was 11 years old, I left my family and my father's quote-unquote church in 1973. My future wife and her father and mother were a loving support to me from the day I left my family. Though the fear was paralyzing from the treatment and the teachings of my father, by 1983 I was able to start thinking about God again and, and begin attending church again. There were a group of godly men where I was attending church. I joined their Bible study and began to slowly open my heart and learn the truth about the Lord. I was finally able to start formally healing therapy in 1988 and working towards healing and restoration, overcoming the horrible pain and fear of the 19 years of living with my father. I completed formal therapy in 1994, and I was baptized again on purpose and with great delight in the local church that I attended, not because I believed I had to, is because I wanted to celebrate what the Lord has done in my life. Why do you think your family ended on the path they are on? My father has been hateful and violent for as long as I can remember. 
He made a practice of abusing his wife and his children horribly. I observed and experienced the violence from my earliest memories. When his children got older, he could no longer vent his hate by beating his children and his wife as much. He focused his hatred on the community at large. It started with hateful, filthy faxes to local communities, then picketing in Topeka, then picketing quickly expanded to wherever my father could get the most attention. Since he taught such hatefulness, the picketing may continue even after his death because some of the children still believe what he taught and are afraid that they will go to hell if they do not continue. Once again, according to Tulip, you are predetermined who's going to heaven, who's going to hell. So does it really matter? Continuing on, it is very difficult to comprehend the degree of control and fear that the results when rage, violence, psychological domination, and hateful teaching from God's word starts at birth. The very soul of the children is forever engulfed and lost unless the Lord breaks through with his healing love and delivering power. The behavior of the family is directly related to the commandments and tightly controlled my, by my father's exercise over their entire lives. I pray daily for my family and for their escape. What is your hope for the future of Westboro Baptist? It closes the doors permanently. All righty, good job. All righty, okay. So now, uh, continuing on, we have to talk about Zach Phelps Roper. Uh, so uh, go ahead and let's talk about Zach. Zach, who was born and raised in the church, left Westboro having suffered for weeks with a back injury his parents believed could be cured with prayer. After begging them to no avail to take him to the emergency room, he decided he was done being a martyr. I don't love this religion anymore, he said. In the eyes of the church, that declaration was an unforgivable offense worse than blasphemy. Uh, Carl, how could it be worse than blasphemy? Simply because of the fact that we are predetermined to go to heaven <laughs> or hell. Ac according to Tulip, if we are predetermined already that we are either going to heaven or going to hell. It meant that Zach would be excommunicated. He knew he would never be able to talk to his parents again, and all traces of him would be scrubbed from his family's home and their place of worship. The congregation would classify him as an apostate who would spend eternity in hell. Zach spent the night away from his house and in the morning received a call from his father, who instructed him to come to the home and pick up his things. He arrived to find all his possessions dumped on the front porch, his bed, his clothes, his PlayStation, and his prized movie collection, which was filled with boyish blockbusters like Jurassic Park and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But what stood out most was a photo album with snapshots of Zach taken by his father over the course of 23 years. It was their single parting gesture. I wanted to say goodbye to my parents, Zach recalls, but they were gone. Alrighty, now just before Fred's death, his son Nate made a shocking public announcement in September of 2013. So we're kind of going back a little bit, guys, of what we said in the beginning. Okay, now Fred has been excommunicated from his own church. You're like, what? Yes, he was excommunicated by his own church. Now Zach had leaked the news to Nate, and now now says his grandfather had a change of heart near the end of his life. Supposedly, one of the elders caught him outside of the church calling to a band of axes who set up the Rainbow House, which we're going to get into, across the street. You are good people, he said. 
before being whisked back inside. Now, Zach says he knows the episode is true because he was present for the excommunication meeting, which took in place at his parents' basement. Of course, it's a basement. After hearing the story, the members voted unanimously to kick out Westboro's spiritual leader and founder for the last year of his life. The Fred uh, was barred from all church activities. Now, Zach holds his grandfather as an example of how a church can rethink its views. Let's talk about this for just a second. Yes. First of all, you wouldn't be put in this position without this person. This is just like, this is very strange, okay? This, let me bring this up a little bit. It's very strange, okay? That, uh, you know, we... <laughs> This obviously is the first uh, group we've covered that have actually kicked out their own leader. Well, okay, so they didn't even give him the grace of he's an old guy and he might have some dementia? No, not even that. Okay, and then, you know, give him a little forgiveness, so there's this just hard fact. So it sounds to me like a power play. Yes, I believe it is a power play, and uh, but it's just sad the fact that, I mean— Put yourself in his shoes for just a moment, just a minute, right? You've set all this up, stuff up. You had everything going, whether you like it or not. It just put yourself in that position of you set this stuff up. Everything's going well. You've been how long? Forever. You know, Since you've paid. 50s. You've paid. Since you've paid these people to become <laughs> lawyers. You know, it's like, oh yeah, that's oh yeah. Right. No, he's he's vested time, money, energy, whatever, and then. At the end of the day, they excommunicate him. And For say, saying a little a something like... A phrase that, I yeah, think you're good, you're people. good people. That's it. That's all he said. And unanimously, F you, Grandpa. And that's just in, in, in the nicest way possible. But if it wasn't for Grandpa, you wouldn't have the the lawyer degree. You wouldn't have the, the funds that you... Like, it's, it's, it's actually ironic. Mm. That yes, this happens. Exactly. It was per, you know, it just it's it's a trip. So anyway, let's talk about the Rainbow House. Yes, in 2012, Planting Peace purchased a home across the street from Westboro Baptist Church. Okay, and in March 2013, Planting Peace painted the house with the colors of the rainbow flag in tribute to the Gay Pride flag. Please look it up. It's very very colorful. Uh, I wouldn't say a plus on the paint job, but you know what? It is painted like the rainbow. Go ahead, Tolly. Sorry. And they named the house the Equity House to serve as the resource center for all Planting Peace anti-bullying initiatives and will stand as a visual reminder of our commitment as global citizens to equality for all. The house soon received international media attention from outlets such as Time Magazine, The Washington Post, and Good Morning America, among others. Proceeds raised from the house go toward launching a national anti-bullying program, and the Equality House itself serves as a drop-in center and home for volunteers. Ooh, and I love the fact that it's directly across the street. It literally is directly across the street. So, hey, you don't have to go too far to pick it. Woo! Save money on time. Yeah, and they actually did pick at quite a lot of events at the Rainbow House because they would have different events there and weddings and just all kinds of stuff. Be so I, I have to say, beautiful. I'm they both thought it was a great idea, <laughs> I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 
we have to talk about someone specific now. The 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 future or the current slash future of the Westboro Baptist Church since we decided to let you guys know that you know he has now been excommunicated and passed away. So let's talk about the individual who's actually decided to take over all this, and his name is Steve Drain. Ooh, imagine all the fun stuff from that. Okay, because I was making some little side comments about his last name. Change it. Okay. All right, here we go. Steve Drain was a 35-year-old expiring filmmaker from Florida who wanted to shoot a documentary showing that Fred Phelps and his church were, as he says, full of crap. He became a believer. Hmm. Now, he and his wife and one of their daughters are the only members of the church not, keyword, not related to the Phelps by blood or marriage. Now, the document was called Hate Mongers. Now, it offered a positive look at the Westboro Baptist Church. According to The Pitch, Drain's documentary film career ended with Hate Mongers. Drain said that he was tight with the organizers of the Telluride Film Festival. When he was at Kansas University, he was chosen to take part in its student symposium, and he said that he volunteered five or six weeks at a time to help set up the festival. Now, he was, in his quote, a favorite son of the festival. He and the people were affectionately called him Drano. I don't think that's a term of endearment, but mm, okay. Yeah, Drano sounds like well, it's something you need to, to flush. <laughs> <laughs> right? So when the festival organizers heard that he comp completed a film, they encouraged him to submit it. Now, Drain says he sent hate mongers to the festival director, Jim Bedford. Radio silence is what was told, what he was, what he was saying. I'm sorry. Now, Drain said he never heard from the guy again and wouldn't make my call. It wouldn't take my call. I apologize. Now, Bedford said he, he never received hate mongers. And he never chose chose the uh, event's films. But when he and other organizers remembered Drain, he was never more than a laborer and he was never anyone's favorite son. And quote, the volunteer production assistant alienated the other workers, Garber adds. Now, when Phelps' granddaughters, Megan Phelps Roper and Grace Phelps Roper, left the church, Drain said, and I quote, we can't control whether or not somebody decides when they grow up, that they don't want to be here. Now, those two girls were kind of straddling the idea that they wanted to be of the world, but that they would also miss their family, the only thing they ever knew. If they continue with the position that they have, those girls, yeah, they're going to hell. Once again, according to Tulip, we are predestined we were going to heaven or going to hell, so what's the point? Now, Drain, now, Drain is a preacher at Westboro. Now, in 2018, Religious News reported that the face of the church has changed as well. For the past four years, Westboro has been led by a council of elders, which we've discussed in previous episodes, a handful of married men who preached in rotation, and the media relations have shifted to Steve Drain, who joined the church back in 2001. Now, the pitch did uh, reported something else on it. Go ahead, Holly. In August... 2001, Phelps baptized Steve in the pool behind the church. Lucy and Lauren's baptisms followed that fall. And 10-year-old Taylor made a profession of faith and was baptized in March 2002. Drain helped the Phelps create 
the God hate signs that are now synonymous with the church. He also assisted in remodeling the Phelps Chartered Law Office and building homes for various family members. But Steve's niche is making crazy videos, he says, promoting Westboro's message. He became a kind of propaganda minister for the church, spreading its message 24-7. His WBC video news shorts allow Phelps to hurl fire and brimstone at the latest newsmakers, and his short sign movies explain the meanings of the various Westboro picket slogans. He also produced a half-hour documentary on Obama's ascension to the White House, along with videos called Beast Watch and Jews News. <coughs> he is <laughs> estimates that he has made 190 videos for the church. His latest production is a series of shorts called God Hates, which is H, the number 8, and an S. Westboro's answer to the no hate H with an 8 campaign. His parodies of Lady Gaga, Eminem, and Paul Simon are his most successful pieces. They've been viewed thousands of times on YouTube. Ugh. Now, Drain was also one of the first to confirm Fred Phelps' health problems prior to his death. Quote, saying, I can tell you that Fred Phelps is having some health problems. The church spokesman Steve Drain told the Star in 2014, he is an old man, and old people get health problems. Now, the Daily Beast in 2014 uh, called Drain the future of the Westboro Baptist Church. Um, now, Nate Phelps, a former member who since renounced Westboro, told the publication that. Now, what did they? What did the publication say? There was an orchestrated shift in power within the church over the last two years. The once loosely, almost democratically structured congregation came under the control of an eight-man board of elders, Nate says. During this time, more of an emphasis was placed on Bible passages highlighting female inferiority. Part of the effort, Nate says, to remove his sister, Shirley Phelps Roper, from her role as the church's spokeswoman and in Fred Phelps' later years as its de facto leader. I know it sounds kind of crazy, Nate says, but the board's apparent toppling of Shirley prompted Phelps to push for more humane treatment among fellow congregants. And that suggestion that a group of people famed for spewing vitriol and hatred in the name of God should be kinder to one another was apparently what led to Phelps' excommunication. While Nate may not have all the details on what was said or done and when, he is positive that there is one man at the center of all this upheaval, Steve Drain. Quote, we're not results-oriented, Steve says. We just do what the Lord says for us to do. And if he shows his mercy on us, he shows his mercy on us. We don't even know if we're going to heaven, unquote. Once again, and what is the purpose of you doing this if that's what your quote is? We don't even know if we're going to heaven. So why are you even involved in this? That's my question. It so seems like they're wasting their own time, a lot of time, a lot of public resources. They could probably have their money and live even a better life than they have. Yes. So on that quote, I re highly recommend you walk away. I mean, seriously, then what's the purpose? It's just that, you know, we don't even know if we're even going to heaven. 
Oh, because but they can declare that these other people that left are all going to hell for sure. Right, but but how do they know? Well, according to Tulip, it is predetermined on if you're going to heaven, if you're going to hell. So it doesn't matter. That's right. And if these people are de- are predetermined to go to heaven, they will get there some way. Some God will allow it, and it has nothing to do with what they they declare. Right. This is a full hypocrisy. Well, then why are you doing what you're doing? I don't know. I mean, seriously, for real. You got a foreigner coming in, taking over the church in one swift, smooth Yeah, and stroke. what he did is he set up this eight-man rotation. He, he makes it look like, oh, we're just, you know, we're a elder-led board, and we do this, and we're all cooperating. But he's really he's the— a puppet master. Yes, he is. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Oh, these—, these oh. They get what they deserve. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, eh, I hate these. <laughs> I mean, like I said, these are characters and a half. They're the more characters than we've ever covered because, uh, simply because, I mean, they they constantly... They constantly contradict themselves. 100,000%. And it still pisses me off to no end that, you know, there are certain people out there. It's rare, but certain people out there that have zero contact with anybody who believes in God or in Christ, and this is and they're exposed to this. Yep, it's horrible. Now, let's talk about the question. Okay, go ahead. Is this a cult? Yes, I would say it's a cult because it's mind control. Okay, it has the um, the shunning involved. Yes. Okay. There's a no outside communication for the that most is, part. Yeah, that's right. They're controlling the communication. Yes, it's a cult. I agree. I agree 100%. They use religion uh, to uh, promote their own personal agenda, obviously, with Mr. Phelps and his, his racism and his, his bigotry towards people in general. I don't know if it's racism. It's no, just it's he just, hates he's, everybody. He's just... A <laughs> He's equal opportunity. And you know what? That's a great point. I agree with you. Bhagwan, what do you think about this? Not a fan. Okay, beautiful. Thank you. We're all in agreement here. Excellent. All righty, guys. That's it. That is the Westboro Baptist Church. We hope you enjoyed the ride. I know Holly didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, once again, guys, thank you for uh, reaching out to us. We appreciate your feedback. This one was a, a tough road to hoe. I'm not going to not gonna lie. Uh, this pretty makes you feel grimy reading about it. The music, oh, <laughs> yeah, we couldn't even uh, uh, put on some of that music because, well, it was just too it's too much. Yeah, it's vile. just too much. It's mm-hmm. just too much. But anyway, already guys, that's it. That's the w- WBC. We hope you enjoyed it. And on that note, good night, Holly. Good night, Carl. What was Fred Phelps like, by the way? I know he passed away a few years ago, but what kind of man was he? Um, Pastor Phelps was um. <laughs> He was the epitome of a hellfire and brimstone preacher to me. He didn't, he didn't compromise. He was more crude, wasn't he? And I don't know that I'd say crude. Saying fags will burn in hell, I mean. Well, well it's, that's a pretty good statement of fact. Um, if you die unrepentant, you're going to burn in hell. Why was he excommunicated from the church himself on his deathbed? Well, I'm not going to get into specifics on it, but anyone who's excommunicated... Mm-hmm. Um, they're removed from the membership because they have refused in some form or fashion 
to separate themselves from some sinful behavior. So did Fred Phelps have a change of heart at the at the 11th hour? I'm not sure. I, I don't know the man's heart, right? I, I can't know. You know, there must have been something if the, the man who was head of the church and started the church was kicked out of the church just before he died. Well, again, I'm not going to get into into the specifics of any one person's. And the church are so good at pointing out the sins and flaws of others. Why won't they come out and say why Fred Phelps was excommunicated? Is it something they're embarrassed about or is it because he did have a change of heart and wrote back and stuff he'd been teaching that they don't want the world to know about? Why won't they just come out and say it? Well, because we don't believe in holding up anyone. You hold up the rest of society to your moral values. Well, I'm going to take someone who is exceedingly public in their sin. I'm going to point that out. Yeah, and you, I, you have signs about Elton John, Princess Diana. I, I sure. can list off a plethora of names. Sure. So he was your public figure. He was the head of the church. He founded the church. And then he was kicked out of the church just before he died. So why won't they say why? Well, because he's dead. Okay. I don't know. I don't know what the state of his heart was at the time. If Elton John dies, mm -hmm. my message will be it is pretty likely that Elton John is in hell. The preponderance of the evidence that I have in front of me. But they had enough evidence to excommunicate the leader of the church and the founder of the church just before he died. I mean, it must have been a pretty seismic thing that he said or did or, or which, came clean about. Which, again, is no one in the world's business. So I'm not going to hold him up to some form of, of inspection when he's not here to answer for himself. And, and, and here's the other piece you have to strongly get, get your arms around. This place, this body, is not about any one person. This whole... I don't know why you're trying to protect him. No, no, it's, it's, not, it's not about protection. Well, then why can't you say, well, here's the sin. Like the rest of the world, he succumbed to sin and he's gone to hell. Because it's no one's business. That's but why. everyone else's sins is, is, are your business. Those who hold their sins up publicly, sure. But, but is it a difference between holding your sin up publicly and privately? It should be the same. A sin is a sin. Well, so let's take you personally, right? You're not standing out on the street corner in front of a microphone saying... I'm committing this sin and I love it and and you should all think I'm a great person for it. He didn't do that either, right? Elton John, on the other hand, does that on a regular basis. But doesn't what? your church think as well because I have a platform on radio or TV and because I don't condemn the homosexual agenda that I am, as you say, a fag enabler, so I'm going to hell too? The media outlets that you work for hold it up as a grand, as a grand uh, lifestyle. Um, and those who have the pulpits, the, the, the bully pulpits, as we say in this country, those who have the power of the microphone and the broadcast, yes, they have an obligation to speak the truth. But when you pick at the funerals of soldiers, when you pick at outside schools, they're not public figures and you're condemning them as well. So Fred Phelps was a public figure. Uh, he was known all over the world. But you still, no one will say why he was excommunicated and kicked out of the church. It just seems bizarre to me. Well, because your perspective... And very hypocritical. Well, your perspective is, is, is not quite aligned properly. This is about a body of people upholding the scriptural standards, not about some, you know, titular head. We're not going to make it about any one individual person. So as an analytical and mathematical person... If you had to put a bet in it, where is Fred Phelps now? Is he up above or is he down in the fire? I'd probably say he's in hell. It must have been pretty bad, whatever he did or said. All sin is bad. All sin is bad.